0: Hello everyone and welcome to Daily Newspaper Analysis, which is presented to you by Lawsico. Today, we will discuss two articles. The first article is from the Hindu newspaper, which is titled as, A Case for Judicial Federalism. This article brings to light that there needs to be uniformity in the various judgments that come through the various high courts in the country and why in this hierarchy of the judicial system in India, a uniform system is the best one that should be followed. Secondly, we have this article from the Indian Express which is titled as second wave is a wake up call. So as we know that as compared to the first wave of the COVID-19, this one, the second one which we are facing right now is seen to be most disastrous one. So that is why what steps can be taken in this direction to at least give the least of the destruction to the healthcare system has been discussed in this article. And thirdly, we have the news in flash column. Before moving further, it gives me immense delight to introduce myself to all the listeners today. So everyone, my name is Sheva Khan. I had completed my BA LLP degree from Law College Dehradun Uttarakhand University in 2019. Fortunately, I was a batch gold medalist. I have been a national debater and a public speaker throughout my career. Here at Law Seekho, I am working as the current affairs expert and manager for free content and outreach. Also, if in case you wish to follow me, you can join me on LinkedIn as well as Twitter. My both handles have been mentioned on here. On this particular note, we start our discussion for the first article of the day which talks about the judicial federalism. Firstly, to understand this particular article, we need to understand the meaning of federalism. So as we know that even as a system of governance, India is a federal country. By this, we mean that the system of governance or the powers are distributed between the centre and the states, which means that we follow a complete system of hierarchy. In the similar manner, when we talk about having judicial federalism, it means that here also the systems of courts or the lines in which the courts are lined up, they are falling in a particular hierarchy just like we have in India, we will discuss in the very next discussion that what is the hierarchy that is followed in India. So in this particular article it has been said that there is a need for a uniform judicial order across India in COVID-19 related cases. Now as we know that many a times many different high courts belonging to different states and even the supreme court have have been taken different stances or in a way different outlooks with respect or with regard to the problems that have arisen due to COVID-19. And in this direction, what has happened is that ultimately, there has been no uniformity whatsoever in these various judgments and orders from various courts in the country. So, if we consider the courts and the health emergency, let's consider that the Supreme Court in Permanent Katara versus Union of India, which was a judgment in 1989, held that the right to emergency medical treatment is part of the citizens' fundamental rights. Now, when we say that we have the right to life under Article 21 of the Constitution of India, it would also include the right to emergency medical treatment, which in the current situation of COVID-19, every patient who is suffering due to this problem shall be seeking. Then, if we talk about the COVID-19 health emergency in particular, the high courts of Delhi, Gujarat, Madras and Bombay have considered pleas of various hospitals for oxygen supply as it is no hidden fact in today's time that oxygen has become a big big issue and the supply of oxygen has been completely dampened and various hospitals even those that were considered to be the most affluent hospitals even in current situation they are struggling to suffice with the oxygen supply to their patients and in such a scenario the high courts of delhi gujarat madras and bombay have considered various kinds of pleas for the supply of this oxygen Also, the Supreme Court took sumoto cognizance in redistribution of essential supplies and services during pandemic. So, this was a complete thing wherein if we consider what is the sumoto cognizance? So, in the legal language, sumoto cognizance is simply considered to be when cognizance or a notice of any particular thing or problem is taken by the court itself. So, just like we considered wherein the Supreme Court had also taken the sumoto cognizance for the problem of the migrant workers in the initial days of the lockdown previous year, similarly, the Supreme Court had taken a cognizance by itself, which was the sumoto cognizance, in the distribution of essential supplies and services during pandemic as well. It said that the distribution of these essential services and supplies must be done in an even-handed manner, which means that it should be done equitably across all the sources, and according to the advice of the health authorities, just like, for example, we can take the example of the vaccines. So, as we know, that we now have the COVID shield, and also we have the other vaccines which are coming up in India. In such a situation, we have this entire portal which is called as the COVIN portal, which is also seen a lot into news these days. So the primary purpose of the COVIN portal was to develop a complete portal for the vaccine intelligence network, which would ultimately make sure that these vaccines are equitably distributed and the people who are at a greater risk of catching this particular virus are the ones who are given this va- vaccine in the first place. And that is why equitable distribution or even handed distribution of these resources is a very big, important uh, issue to be considered. Then, it also asked the state government and the union territories to show cause why the uniform orders should not be passed by the Supreme Court. Now in this situation what happens is that many a times different states they come up and they say that if at all the Supreme Court comes with an order that would definitely be by the virtue of article 141 of the constitution be uniformly applicable on the whole of the territory of India be it the states or even the union territories. But many a times in such situations when the health emergencies are there the state governments and even various union territories they plead that the Supreme Court should not come with any such uniform orders maybe because they say that we all are not in equal capacities or not at all at equal positions to implement that particular judgment. For example, let's say, just uh, you know, for the uh, instance uh, itself, let's consider that if at all the Supreme Court says that at least 1000 units of oxygen should be available at every hospital in a surplus manner. Let's say, for example, this judgment has been brought by the Supreme Court and here, a particular state that is struggling more due to the lack of oxygen, let's say, uh, in the state of Maharashtra or even if we take the example of Union Territory, we have Delhi, so definitely it will be difficult for these states or Union Territories to abide by or to fulfill this particular judgment of the Supreme Court, keeping in mind the already prevailing situations of their medical and health care system. Also, maybe they have greater number of COVID positive cases or maybe they have a greater population in their own area. So in such a situation, it becomes practically difficult for the states to abide by the uniform decision or the uniform judgment of the Supreme Court. But still here, it has been asked in this particular cognizance of the Supreme Court, they've actually asked the state governments and union territories to give valid reasons as to why such uniform judgments should not be brought by the Supreme Court. And thus, in lack of any logical arguments, definitely it should be sought that some, you know level-minded or evenly played, such judgments should come up from the Supreme Court to bring in uniformity in the real sense. That is why there has been also a question of the transfer of cases from the High Courts to the Supreme Courts. So, the Supreme Court has indicated the possibility of transfer of cases to itself. So, Article 139A of the Constitution of India provides that the Supreme Court has the power to transfer cases from high courts to itself. So, please consider from which direction will the cases move. They will be taken from the high courts to the Supreme Court. In which situation? If the cases involve the same questions of law. Now let's consider that there is a good chance that, for example, about the oxygen supply itself, there could be similar questions of law or there could be similar issues going on in various high courts of various states. In such a situation, the Supreme Court definitely stands empowered by the virtue of Article 139A of the Constitution to bring in all these cases which have the same question of law from the various high courts to one concentrated power that shall be the apex court, that is the Supreme Court of India. But in this direction, what other thing that we need to definitely consider are the issues which prevail in such transferring of the cases. The first one is that a general feature of the Apex Court in the recent years is the general lack of dissent in issues that have serious political ramification. Now guys, this has been a big big thing too uh, you know, that has been brought uh, to the forefront and to the discussion these days that many a times the critics have said that even the Supreme Court has not been able to stay very unbiased or impartial in its decisions and wherever there comes any question that has any kind of political ramification. Now here, By political ramification, we mean that something that would ultimately question the government or something that would ultimately put government to a situation wherein it might have to answer or it might be wrong in the real sense as well. So in such situations, no any concrete decisions have been seen from the Supreme Court in the recent past. Also, there was a very good article in the Hindu newspaper a few months ago when Justice Arun Mishra had retired from being the judge of the Supreme Court, wherein the master of the roaster system which is actually the ultimate power of the Chief Justice of India to decide as to which bench would sit on which particular case and who will actually decide that particular case. So that was actually criticized highly in that article but it was a very beautiful and logical criticism wherein it was said that wherever Justice Arun Mishra uh, was there or in a way wherever any particular case was there which involved a political question or wherein the government was involved and there were good chances of holding the government guilty. In such cases, according to the master of the roaster system, Justice Arun Mishra was definitely there heading the bench. And in those judgments, never did it happen that the judgment came against the government. So keeping all these things in mind, there is a big reason to worry that how far can we really expect unbiased decisions coming from the Supreme Court in the coming future? and second issue is the public health and hospitals come under state list which is item number six of the list two under the seventh schedule of the indian constitution so yet again because the health and hospitals come under the state list so how far shall the supreme court be competent to make laws on such topics is also another issue of debate and thirdly, the current respective high courts are dealing with specific challenges at their regional level. Now, obviously, now we, as we just discussed, that different states and different union territories have their own particular local concerns and local limitations and hurdles. And that is how it can be said that maybe the high courts are in a better position to decide such local issues. And thus also it is said that we need to give some autonomy to the high courts. Thus in a way we can say that this entire argument is weighed almost equally on both the sides just that the merits of one argument may be shifted to the other keeping in mind the coming prospects or the future prospects of the COVID-19 situation. So if at all we try to understand the hierarchy of the Indian judicial system so we definitely know that on the apex or on the highest position we have the Supreme Court of India then just subordinate to the supreme court of india we have the various high courts in various states then these high courts can also be you know uh, can have subordinate courts which are again segmented into two major portions that are the metropolitan courts for the metropolitan cities and then we have the district and session courts then they are further segregated into various other heads but the main we have we have the supreme court we have the high court we have the metropolitan courts and district and session courts. With this, let's move further with the second article of the day, which talks about preventing the future of the uh, future in the men of the medical disasters. So, at all, this article says that such medical disasters like the COVID 19, how can they be prevented in the coming future? So, any future disasters can only be prevented by investing in the health workers and public health today. So, here this says and talks about that which factors led to the second wave. Also, please consider that these are mere speculations for now. No theory has definitely been proved or something. But yes, these are something uh, or we can say intelligent speculations that have been made so far regarding this second wave of COVID-19, specifically in India. So the first speculation can be that newer more contagious variants of concerts are resulting in rapid transmission so here the variants both imported and indigenous as well now as we know that all of us have come across this particular news these days that the covid mutant or the covid form or the covid variant which was actually seen in the initial stage of covid 19 days it has taken a lot of new ways now as we know that the viruses also, you know they are very smart you know, in, in uh, by themselves as well. So, keeping in mind what medications they are getting, or what what medications are we giving to cure these particular viruses, they also have this ability to mutate themselves. That is, to change their mutations and to take a different form. Now, in such a situation, recently what has been noticed is that these new mutations of the COVID-19 are stronger than what were the original ones, and due to this, perhaps there has been a greater and a rapid transition or transmission of these particular contagious variants of COVID-19. Second, the cases infected with Indian variants are doubling every week in other parts of the world as well. So here, if we talk about the Indian variant as well, so it is also one of the strongest variants which we are seeing in the current situation. Thirdly, the second wave is only possible after a country accumulated a pool of susceptible persons and crossed a critical level. Now, as we know that after the lockdown was actually opened up into various segments and various stages, people actually they stopped taking the very important precautions like sanitizing themselves, using the mask and they became very reckless and thus, this can be one of the biggest reasons why it actually gave way to these new mutants to actually be transmitted into various people. And even states such as Karnataka, which had ramped up the number of oxygenated beds during the first wave is now finding it difficult to bear the burden and thus even Karnataka is facing shortage of the oxygenated beds. So here this article has also suggested some steps that are needed in this direction. So it says about the mitigation and the containment, which it says it's the last resort to contain this particular virus. So it says that early detection and timely provision of the oxygen should be taken care of second faster procurement and transportation of medicines for the patients now as we know that there are various you know uh, injections like the remdesivir remdesivir which is a very important injection and thus it should be made sure that it can be procured and it can be availed easily and even at a faster rate and also to upscale or increase the oxygenated beds that means those hospital beds in the uh, hospital those beds in the hospitals that can actually provide the facility of oxygen as well then if it says about the healthcare workers or the workforce in the healthcare sector it says that we should hire temporary healthcare staffs because keeping in mind that what kind of burden the huge burden that is there on the healthcare system we can hire temporary healthcare staff then we can hire doctors nursing staff and frontline workers like the asha workers we have discussed this several times in our previous sessions as well that the asha workers that are the accredited social health activists, which are mostly women, are playing a very important role in percolating and providing the basic healthcare and primary healthcare facilities to the grassroots level and to the people who are the poorest amongst the all. And thus, these can also be increased and incentivized to give a better contribution. And finally, the frontline workers can map households and match beneficiaries to designated health facilities. And thus, an all-encompassing and multi- sectoral as well as a multi-dimensional approach needs to be followed to overcome these medical disasters in the future. With this, we are done for the day. We hope you liked the session. If you liked the session, please like, share and subscribe to our channel. Also, you can follow us on various handles for such more updates to come. Thank you so much.